0: We're back on a Monday, getting that work week started off for you correctly on the number one form for Bama Football News. In my own words, yours truly Stephen M. Smith touchdown Alabama magazine after the first SEC game for the Crimson Tide. You already have some people panicking. I was on the road for a combined 16 hours between Friday of last week and Sunday of last week. But you're rocking and wrong with yours truly. In my own words, bringing this to you from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming this to you on YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now, drop a thumbs up, give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on, hit that little bell, so that way you can get all of your alerts, news, notes, entertainment on your favorite program, that being football, We also got you covered here on Facebook and Twitter as well. All forms of social media streaming to you the show here, but we got a lot of awesome stuff to talk about. We got a lot of awesome stuff to get into today, a lot to unpack when you look at the Florida matchup over the weekend, whether you want to look at the offensive side, the defensive side, the coaching side, whatever side you want to look at. Got a lot of things to dive in here and discuss. And guys, shout out my man, John Ivory, in the production studio one time doing his thing behind the scenes on the ones and twos we want to hear from you guys on today whether you have a thought whether you have a comment whether you have events whatever you feel like doing today this is a safe space you can come on here and let your opinion your tears whatever you're trying to do you can let your voice be made known here on this show once again a safe space you can do this by calling 205 448-1358. The number to dial to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. We will be taking phone calls in about 10 minutes. So people hold through. We'll be taking your phone calls in about 10 minutes. A lot of you have a lot of stuff you want to get into. You want to get off your chest. I feel you. I feel you 100 on that. But just hold through for about 10 minutes here. Gotta shout out my man, Jimmy Boom Bam, the man Clay, with that $25 donation, starting us off here on the show But Daily Super Chat Goal, $75. Daily Super Chat Goal, appreciating Jimmy Clay for starting us off here. Now, as much as we want to isolate Pete Golding like an algebraic equation and point the blame all on him, as much as we want to do that, and he does have a role and what took place over the weekend, we're going to save the defense for a little bit of, for a little bit later on in the show. We're going to save the defense for just a moment here. Now you now you, now you guys want to come out the Pete Golding, but we're going to save that for later in the show. Because I think as much as we look at Pete Golding, uh, uh, Coach Bill O'Brien is not excused either. And uh, that starts the conversation. Bill O'Brien is a clever man. This is a very smart dude. He was not trying to hear those butt chewings from Coach Saban. This is the reason why he was in the booth calling plays and not on the field, because he was not trying to hear Saban. But we know that this week he will not be able to avoid it, because whether it happens in coaches' meetings, in team meetings, or on the field in practice, Saban is going to give it to Bill O'Brien. And the reason why he's going to do this is uh, during the game – did anybody else notice how O'Brien just flat out abandoned, and neglected the run game? Did anybody else notice how he just withheld two running backs? And by two running backs, I'm referring to Trey Sanders and Jace McClellan from taking the field. There was a lot of things that happened where the run game was concerned against Florida, where the Crimson Tide, uh, where the Crimson Tide where the situation is. And uh, there were a lot of U.S. fans on social media, particularly on Twitter, during the game Saturday. You guys were going, what in the world is Bill O'Brien doing? Bama's got four running backs. Why are we not running the ball more? Why are we trying to force throws with Bryce Young? What is Bill O'Brien doing? Did Brian Robinson, Jace McClellan, Trey Sanders, and Roy Dale Williams just disappear off the face of the earth? What is going on? With Bill O'Brien here. What type of plays is he calling? You had a bunch of you that were going, O'Brien, I believed in you. I trust in you. I vouch for you. And this is what you're doing out here on the field against Florida. And, wow, Some of you guys are still kind of nervous about the offensive line and the run blocking, and while some of you guys still look at Bryce Young as if to say, what is the mental hang-up? Why does he not want to run the ball more? Why is he caught in the middle of, do I run? Do I pass? Is is the zombie apocalypse coming? Do I have to play 20 questions? What, 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 What do I do here on the field? So while that's a concern also, with the offensive line a of bit and Bryce Young's indecisiveness of whether do I want to run or pass, though he is labeled or or though he is classified as a dual-threat quarterback, that's something else for another day. But getting back here into the uh, neglected run game here, Brian Robinson and Jace McClellan were having a field day in the first quarter. Alabama took a 21-3 lead. If you look back at the first three drives, what made those first three drives' possessions successful, Alabama ran the football. And, and they, they weren't running it up the middle. It was a lot of these stretch plays off the offensive tackles. Uh, Evan Neal and Chris Owens, you saw Brian Robinson break a 23-yard run. You saw Robinson break a couple of 11-yard runs. You saw Jace McClellan with a five-yard run here, a four-yard run there. All of these were productive runs in the first quarter that set up touchdowns that kept Alabama's offense balanced, that, you know, took the crowd a little bit out of the football game, despite how hostile the crowd was at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, known as the Swamp. But after the first quarter, Bill O'Brien thought he was back with the Houston Texans. Bill O'Brien thought he was back in the NFL because completely neglected uh, Brian Robinson, completely neglected Jace McClellan. P- and, 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 and when that happened... Uh, and you're forcing plays from Bryce Young, uh, and you are not having that balance offensively, But because we knew coming in to the season, you got four to five running backs. You got to lean on that run game. There was going to come a moment where Bama needed to trust that run game. We had Antonio Carter, former Alabama wide receiver, on the show to end last week on Friday, and AC said this was going to be br- uh, Uh, Brian Robinson's big game. This was going to be B-Rob's big moment to show up and show out. And A.C. called it because in the first quarter, Florida couldn't stop B-Rob. He was pounding guys. He was running through guys. He was stepping all over guys. He should have had 100 yards rushing in this game. He had 75 yards. Could have went over 100 yards if Bill O'Brien just trusted, just stuck with, did not, Abandon the run game because when that happened, Bama's offense started sputtering out of control, spiraling out of control several three and outs. And what that did, it energized the crowd. It energized Florida's defense because now we're thinking all we got to do now is come after Bryce Young, clamp on these receivers because they have a, they have abandoned the run game. And what this also did, it energized Florida's offense because Emory Jones started to play the game of his life after that interception. Bill O'Brien went away from the run and— What was more perplexing than going away from B Rob and McClellan, where the heck was Trey Sanders and Roydell Williams? Can someone tell me that? Like, I I was literally in the press box about to put an APB out for Trey and Roydell. They did not even make an appearance in the stat column. Like, don't they esta? Going back to my door explorer days, don't they esta? Where is Trey and Roydell? I mean, Trey Sanders, who had the feel good moment. Week one of the season with a 20-yard touchdown run against Miami. We know how fond of Sanders Nick Saban is talking about his determination and his love for the game and his passion of the game and his want to to get back on the field from the injuries. Why did Bill O'Brien not have Trey on the field? This was a homecoming for Sanders. Uh, He's from Florida. So why was he not on the field, Billy O.? Uh, but Lebron, why was Trey not on the field? this is something that the Bama Nation wanted to, to know about. And not just Trey. Uh, where was Roydell Williams, an in-state young man from uh, you know, he's in-state talent, Huey Hueytown High School here in the Birmingham area, a guy that had a very good spring, a very good A Day game. Where was Roydell? I mean, I, I don't know if there was a, a hidden injury that Saban didn't get into. I don't believe that was the case because Saban is starting to get in front of the media in case of, in the case of injuries. Saban's like saying in press conferences, oh, I know you're going to ask me about so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, he had pulled a muscle, uh, had a knee injury. I uh, had a little death in the family. I couldn't play, didn't play, this and that went on. So even Sabin is starting to get in front of reporters in terms of injuries. Both guys made the trip. Trey made the trip. Sanders, Roydale Williams made the trip. They both had their helmets with them. They both were on the sideline. They both were there. So when you have all of these four- and five-star backs and you're going up against a Florida defense that struggled against the run last year in the SEC Championship game when Najee Harris ran amok on that defense. And in the first quarter, you've got Brian Robinson and Jace McClellan running amok on the defense of Florida why do you go away from that? Why do you go away from the balance? And then furthermore, why do you withhold Trey Sanders and Roy Dale Williams from getting on the field? You use all of your talents. You play all of your best players. You give Florida all the curveballs in the run game. You can give them. Bill O'Brien did not do that. And unlike him, Dan Mullen of Florida did that. Dan Mullen trusted his backs! Dan Mullen trusted the run game! Florida had 245 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Malik Davis, Naquan Wright, Damian Pierce, heck, even Emory Jones. They all had a pile of the blue fojo running the darn football, creating the balance, and that almost gave Florida the win. A missed extra point and a two and a failed two-point conversion. Ended up being the difference in the football game. Bill O'Brien, this is not the NFL. You've got the talent around you. Trust the talent that you have on the field offensively. Those are just my thoughts right there. Folks, we're gonna go to our first break here on the show. Don't touch that down. We're just getting started. I'm just getting my chest warm and your chest warm here on the show. I'll put our return. We get to those phone calls. We take those thoughts, those tweets, those chats, those interactions right after this.
1: You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four finger bling necklace today by visiting WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. Throw them foes up. I'm Malachi
2: Moore. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama's YouTube channel.
1: Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only 9 dollars and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to witwillsports.com and get your title towel today.
3: Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's dot Poundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch.
0: We are back into the action here, folks. On a Monday, starting that work week off for you correctly on the number one forum for Bama Football News. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, touchdown Alabama Magazine. We got to get to McConic with that $75 donation. McConic dropping it in on the show. The daily super chat goal of $75 has been met. Appreciate the love from McCannick and one Jimmy Clay. But we now go to the phone lines to take your calls. You guys have been waiting. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. One more time, 205-448-1358. We grab our first call of the evening. You are live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? What's up? Uh, State your name and where you calling from.
4: Uh, hello, Steven. Hello, Alabama family, Alabama nation. This is Alan from Colorado calling in, checking in with you.
0: Uh, what's going on, my brother?
4: Well, I'll tell you what, I've been moving. So I've been busier than one-legged man at a tap dancing contest. But uh, I'm back here. I won't be uh, missing too much in the future, I hope. But uh, I sure am enjoying my uh, brand-new alligator skin boots and alligator skin belt, alligator skin wallet. You know, it's just uh, you know been a nice little uh, change of pace for me here. Uh, normally have Alabama stuff for all that, but uh, you know, after this Saturday, just just had to get me some gator skin stuff. You know, and uh, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good.
0: Can't beat that, man. Can't beat that. Al. So, so 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 so. What were your thoughts on the game, Al? Just from your perspective. Well, I, you know what?
4: I, I understand uh, what you're saying. But um, I don't think it was the uh, you know the players so much as it was the scheme of things. And uh, also, I don't think there's anything that you said that Nick Saban hasn't been running over in, in his mind. So I'm expecting some um, you know changes uh, going forward here a little bit. Um, I think they they see what's uh, going on. I'm not anywhere close to being panicked or anything. I don't think this shows that. Uh, the team is uh, really lacking or that we're super vulnerable or anything. I just show, I think it shows that, you know, it's early in the season and we've got a new quarterback and you, you know, new system and stuff. We're kind of working our way around and all this kind of business. And, uh, but quite frankly, I'm, I'm glad we had this kind of a game. I think it was kind of good for the players to get on the road like this, get punched in the mouth a little bit, you know, and, 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 you don't know just how much people want to beat us. You know they're going to have to really bear down because, boy, I'm telling you, teams like Ole Miss and, and Georgia are going to be just giving us fits down the road. And then we get in the playoffs, and it's not going to get any easier. So um, it's nice to get these guys uh, getting a little bit of real life experience, you might say. I mean, it's, it's not going to be as easy as last year when we had the big three, um, you know, going for us, and so the guys got to realize. You know, got to do a little bit of stepping up here and there, you know, and, uh, and so on. And uh, it's just not going to happen, you know, but again, I'm pretty sure the players are getting a lot of this from uh, Nick Saban himself. So, uh, you know, I'm okay here. I'm in a nicer house and a nicer neighborhood, just relaxing and so forth. Football has been great so far this year. Uh, even if we did have a, um, uh, you know, knuckle biter on, uh, on Saturday here, it's all good. And, uh, just you know, everything's going to be good going forward. I just can't wait to see the team, you know, just coming together, gelling together on the lines and changing a little bit of strategy here, you know, and so forth. But I, I think, I think Alabama is is just going to be good and dope.
0: Appreciate my man, my man Al from Colorado calling in to give his thoughts there on the show. We're gonna to go to a we're gonna to, go to this next call here. You are live on the show. What's going on on Monday? How you feeling? State your name and where you're calling from. This
5: is Brian calling you from Atlanta, Georgia.
0: All right, Brian, what's happening?
5: Hey, man, I'm just calling in, man. I've been listening to your show. Your show is very informative. I do a lot like a lot of how you kind of sit back and um, overall on Mondays take a good look at things. Uh, well, I got a chance to watch. The, I went back and watched the uh, the uh, game afterwards, and it was uh, – there, there's a lot of things that need to be worked on. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, – I'm looking at it, and boy, they need to rotate some defensive players. There's one thing I would say looking at that. uh, Looked like the team got real, real, real tired down the stretch. I think that there's a lot of players that probably should be playing that are not on the field. Um, That's just my personal opinion on it. Um, Like uh, Alabama has a process, man. I always say I've kind of hit you Twitter a couple times. I'll tell you there's a kid that I, I think definitely needs to get playing time. And that's that moody kid. I don't know why we're not playing him, but every time he comes in, something happens.
0: Good point there. Good point there. Bama definitely needs to rotate guys on the defense. Appreciate that call right there. We take our next call here. You are live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you're calling from.
6: Hey, Steven Emerson, Robert from Mobile.
0: Rob, what's happening, brother? Yeah, hey,
6: uh, yeah, I echo the sentiments of a lot of your callers, and you're totally spot on with uh, with your analysis of uh of uh, the offensive coordinator as well. Uh, he he definitely got away from the run, especially in the second quarter. The second quarter is what really got everything unraveling. The three three and outs in the second quarter that was a turning point of the game. Uh, you know, it's one thing not to score; it's another thing to just go three and out. And that was uh, the problem, and like you said, too much passing uh, early on. He'd, he'd either run the running backs or run uh, Bryce. Let Bryce Young run, but somebody needs to run. And even with uh, Brad Robinson, with the, uh, thank you, Mr. Robinson for coming back for another year. He was a, uh, he, I mean, he showed out in the game early, and he was he was the bell cow earlier on in the game. You know, on the, well, we only got ninety-one yards rushing, and he of for seventy-five of those yards. So he was so he was doing his thing. But it was, uh, you know, abandoning the run like we did was definitely a problem. Uh, of course, Bryce Young. Of course, we won the game because primarily because of Bryce Young and the special teams. Now, going to the defense, though, I mean, the, the constantly getting gashed up the middle and the, on the plays up the cross the middle to tight ends or whoever—that was a huge problem. It was how we almost lost old Miss last year, and, and and once again, here's the old uh, cross the middle play wreaking his ugly head. And now, in the two weeks, Lane Kiff is going to be coming back and say, Heck, I might as well just dust off the playbook from last year. You have you guys haven't fixed it. You got, you're still vulnerable to my same plays from last year. Or like, I don't really need to change anything. Just re-practice what we did last year." And now we're going to be going against uh, Matt Corral, who is totally on fire right now, and as Vine is competing with Bryce Young as to who's going to be uh, taking home that Heisman Trophy right now. They are the two best quarterbacks in all of college football. And now we're going to be facing the second, second, or maybe the best college uh, quarterback in all of college football in a couple of weeks, with one of the with the best coordinator in all of college football in a couple of weeks, Lane Kiffin, and if, you know now the Sarkisians. Uh, well, the, the, I think uh, I think Lane, Lane Kiffin's a little better than Sark when it comes to scheming games. Just not much better, but just a little. So that's what we're going to be up against. And I just don't know if Pete Golding is up to the challenge when it comes to going against elite coordinators, coordinators are the most, you know, the most creative coordinators in college football. And one thing I disagree with 20 callers, you know, about the playoff, the games that the the, the toughest team Alabama is going to be playing against all in the teams, all in the SEC, the same way they were last year. It's just going to be another repeat. The two biggest toughest, the two toughest teams in all of college football for Alabama or anybody else are all in the SEC. And it's going to be Ole Miss and Georgia. And now you, Florida's high on that list right now, really. But so, so once if we can get through the SEC once again, like we did last year, I think we'll find the playoff is a, a bit a lot easier. Although who knows, we may be playing another SEC team in the play. Well, we chance. Oh, we playing another SEC team in the playoff, either Georgia or Florida again. So, but it's we really need to get it together and get it in gear. You, you at uh, Southern Miss. You think the bad. You should this, this should. this should be a bad weekend for them to come play in Alabama. I want 300 yards rushing, minimum 300. I want two guys, uh, two guys over uh, uh, over 120, minimum in this next game. That's what we need. And and defense. If you don't shut uh, shut them out, they shouldn't get more than seven points. That's w- what kind of the game we need to get ready for Ole Miss. So, hopefully Absolutely. we'll get good it better uh, this
0: weekend. Good points All there right, for my man, man Robert from Mobile. There's some good points there. And talk about the Alabama, Alabama defense, Alabama offense, and what it needs to happen as we continue through the season. We go to our next call right here. You're live on the show on a Monday. What's going on? What's happening? State your name. Where you calling from? How you feeling? Is it
7: me, Steven?
0: It's me. I mean, yeah, Steven. I'm Kurt.
7: I'm per- yeah, I'm I'm Stay Curtis, your night. I'm in your go, go Go ahead. Curtis, I'm in Austin. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, hey, who's that anonymous Alabama fan that got interviewed?
0: I do not know who that guy is. Did, did his
7: <laughs> face blurred out? I could not figure out who that
0: was. I don't know who that was. Somebody thought it was me, but that was not hey. me. I don't know who that was.
7: <laughs> hey, uh. What made us think Pete Golding's defense was going to be anything different than the hot mess it's always been?
0: I mean, uh, I I guess for a lot of us, and myself included, we looked at – The returning veteran players, right, all of the veteran guys back, when you look at the Christian Harris's, the Will Anderson's, you know, Chris Allen prior to the injury, uh, Fadarian Mathis, just so much experience, leadership back on defense. The thought process was those guys could, uh, you know, cover up the uh, deficiencies uh, of Coach Golding and still, and, and get this defense back to where it's known for being prior to the last three years. But we, we are still seeing some of these same problems rear their head up.
7: Do you remember in 16 uh, when we lost all those players and uh, Jordan Pruitt was the D.C.? And we almost won the national championship if we would have had any offense at all. It's the defensive coordinator. I remember that you – I was a football coach, Stephen, and I saw this coming. I watched the tackling the first two games, and I thought, oh, no, Ole Miss is going to shove us in a locker and take our lunch money from us.
0: It's going to be interesting, man. Bama's got to get some things going here the next couple of weeks. Appreciate that call that coming from Curtis. Bama's got to get something going. And I I like what Will Anderson said today. We got to get back to the standard of Bama football, flying, making plays, making tackles. Anderson's one of the leaders, but who is going to rise with him? That's the question. Anderson wants football, but who is willing to join him defensively and warning football. We go to our next call here. You are live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
8: Hi, Stephen. Bill from New York.
0: My man, Bill. What's happening, brother?
8: Well, you know, I watched the game in Virginia with my, with, uh, my daughter, and I haven't had a chance to look at it again. I'm not panicking. I have a comment and then a couple of questions for you, if I may.
6: Go ahead.
8: Uh, the comment is about Billingsley, Jaleel. I mean, he got open. Loved seeing him get that touchdown, and I think that like a tight end is so important to a young, inexperienced quarterback. But you know, he missed a block, and Rice paid the price. He, he he It was nasty, and I you know he needs to. We really need for him to get himself together. I don't know whatever was happening, but we need that guy. Now my questions, and you know, <laughs> first one's about B Rob. Stephen, do we trust him to be the feature back? In other words, I, do you think he has enough speed? Can he can he be like? Can he do for us even almost as much? Uh, you know as we got last year. You know that's that's question one, and number two on is on defense. Christian Harris and Drew Sanders dominated early. <laughs> Christian, Christian, you couldn't get by him, and Sanders actually caused the interception when you look at the, at the replay because he was right in the quarterback's face and, and actually got a shot in on him when the guy got, you know, he, he uh, got intercepted. And my thing is, what happened? Was it the scheme? Like, how do these guys go from dominating to really not, not even uh, covering the edge? I want to know what happened. Uh, and as always, Stephen, thanks for taking my call.
0: Absolutely, Bill. Appreciate that right there. So your first thought there on Brian Robinson, B Rob has the potential to be the featured guy. It's just does Ben O'Brien want to run the football? Does Ben O'Brien want to have that balance? We saw first quarter against Florida, Alabama balanced. The reason why it went up 21-3, those first three drives, Bama ran the football. They ran it off tackle. They it, it was hurting Florida. When you go away from the run, you are telling your running backs, I don't trust you. You got to trust that run game if you want to see those backs be successful. I mean, your last thought there on Harris and, well, Harris and Drew Sanders, Drew Sanders will get better. Once again, he's still young and filling in for Chris Allen. Drew Sanders will get better. My thing was with with Christian Harris, you are a leader. You're a junior. More is expected from Christian Harris. And after the first quarter, you did not hear his name called much at all. More is expected from Christian Harris. Now, Saban also talked about the coaching staff really didn't quite rep for the option game uh, like it needed to. So, that's on, uh, you know, goading. That's on more of a defensive coaches. Got to be have these guys more prepared for that option look that Florida went with. And Southern Miss will have an option look again coming up this weekend. So, Bama has got to get this stuff in order before Ole Miss comes into town on October 2nd. But we take this call right here. You are live on the show on a Monday. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you're calling from.
9: This is Tide Man calling in from Jackson, Mississippi. Tide Man, what's happening with your brother? Yeah, man. I uh you just broke it down. I couldn't say it better than, than you said it, at, because the obvious criticism was uh Pete Golding and the defense, but you, you broke it down right off the bat. That was my concern equally with Pete Golding was the offensive play calling with Doug Nussmeyer. I was see I'm saying, see I I slipped up. I said Doug Dustmeyer because I actually thought <laughs> the way Bill O'Brien was calling plays, and I didn't—I seriously did not mean to do that. But the—but I—it was like Doug Dusmire flashbacks. I mean, we're down there inside the five, third and goal, and we go to an empty set, empty backfield, where we've got four, five-star, four-star running backs in our offensive line. Come on, man, you know. Line up, give me that old jumbo package, right? You know, <laughs> let's just pound the ball into the end zone. In Florida, the fact that they ran the ball down our throats and outrushed us and gained us on the yard, that that's inexcusable to me. And it's not – let me make this clear. It's not the player's fault. I didn't see any lack of effort or lack of intensity. I mean, man, our guys were down there in the swamp. They knew it was a big game. They were giving it their all. I blame the coaching, you know, and, and not Nick Saban, but I guess you have to – guess you got to criticize him because he's the one that puts these coaches – hires these coaches. But, you know, we, what in the world are we doing? Like you said, we got four running backs. We only use two of them. Trey Sanders doesn't even step on the field. I mean, Trey, Trey Sanders is, is, is incredible. You know, why are we not using him? Or Williams. And to let Florida drive the ball down our throats 99 yards. I mean, come on, man! It's not that it's not a lack of effort on, the, on our players' fault. It's just, it's just our coaches not putting our players on the offensive side of the ball, and the defensive side of the ball. Our coaches not putting our players in the best position to make the best possible plays and utilizing our potential. And I think that what we need to do here's, and this is my theory. You tell me what, what you think about this, Stephen M. Uh, you know, in the past few years, Nick Saban has kind of outscored. The lane, you know, using Lane Kiffin and, uh, and um, Steve Sarkeesian, we have allowed some defensive lapses but outscored people. I think the question for me with Nick Saban now is, or is he going to be able to change it up, kind of going the other direction now? he line up against Ole Miss. Is he going to be able to go, get, get into Doug Nussmeier's ear and say, we need to run the football and control the clock and keep Matt Correll on the sidelines? And we need to win this game in a low-scoring game, as low-scoring as possible. We're not going to outscore Ole Miss. Do you think Nick Saban will be able to get Doug Nessmeyer's attention and to let him know, use our running back, control the clock, let's go back to some old-school football? Because last year, the one thing that our defense did do was get better. Pete Golding did improve the defense as the year went along. I don't know if it's going to be quick enough in two weeks before we face Ole Miss. But anyway, your show is the best, brother. Your callers, I agree with everyone that's called in before me. I learned so much from listening to you and your callers. I get more information in your hour and a half or two hours of listening every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday than I do all week. So roll, tide,
0: Keep doing what you do, brother. Appreciate the call in from Todd, man. So... Uh... Nick Saban's going to have to convince Bill O'Brien. We're going to have to run the football. We're going to have to run the football because Ole Miss is a high powered offense. Lane Kiffin wants this game. Kiffin is lusting. For this game against Alabama. This will be his first time in Bryant Denny since 2016, 2014 to 16, where he was the offensive coordinator. So he wants this game. He has had this game circled since it got on the calendar. He has been repping for nobody but Alabama. He has prepared Matt Corral and Snoop Conner and Jerry on and this group of receivers for no other team but Alabama so this game is named Kiffin's Super Bowl so if I'm Bill if I'm if I'm Nick Saban gotta convince Bill O'Brien to keep this as low scoring as possible running the football we grabbed another call right here you are live on the show on Monday what's going on how you feeling state your name where you calling from Delvin Molden from Chicago Illinois what's going on what's going on my man what's going on Delvin how you feeling
2: I'm doing good. You know, Stephen, I listen to all these callers. What they forget is that Alabama won a national championship last year with same the same questions at the early part of the season. The one person I am disappointed in is Christian Harris. I thought he was going to have a breakout year. I thought he was going to be the leader of the team. And it just seemed like he was playing not to get hurt. But, you know, Every year, Alabama, you got to question them early in the year because they're just trying to get stuff right. And a lot of people, they don't understand the culture of Alabama. They don't understand, you know, the level of play that you need when you play in the SEC. But as the year goes on, they start to learn and understand that there's a level to this game. But what people have, need to realize is that every other program, whether it's Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas, whoever, they're trying to dethrone the king. Alabama has a target on their back every game that they go out and play. So you got, you got to understand that, that, you know, they're at the top of the mountain. So everybody's going to give their best shot to Alabama. So it's not as easy as people try to make it sound, like we just should win every game. So I'll hang up and listen to you.
0: Appreciate the call there from Delvin there, giving his thoughts there. My man from Chicago, his point of view when you look at the Crimson Tide. We're going to go to this next call right here. You are live on the show on a Monday, getting that work week started for you correctly. How you feeling? What's going on? State your name and what you're calling from. Uh, How you doing, Stephen A? Uh, This is Chase Peterson calling from Columbia, South Carolina. All right, Chase, what's happening with you? Uh, I'm... Listen to all the calls in front of me. Um, I feel a lot similar than a lot of them. I don't know. I just wanted to see if you can kind of
10: talk me off the ledge here a little bit. I'm a little bit concerned about after Alabama play this past weekend. Uh, I don't know. Can you kind of give me some uh, reassurance or something that uh, we can kind of get this corrected? And I'll just uh, hang up and listen. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Appreciate the call there. So, so I'll say this. This is exactly what what Coach Saban wanted, and I'll explain this in the second second segment here. This is exactly what Saban wanted. He wanted a game uh, where he can finally look at his players and go, y'all are not what y'all thought y'all were. You see that? Y'all finally see what I've been trying to tell y'all knuckleheads this whole time y'all are not what y'all thought y'all were. I told you against Miami. I told you against Mercer. You can't be sitting here not respecting the opponent. You can't be sitting here with your head in the clouds. You can't be sitting here not focused. What happens when you're not focused? We almost got our butts punked out by Dan Mullen in Gainesville. A missed extra point and a failed two-point conversion saved our tail from getting punked out. So now y'all see what I'm talking about. I think saving with this, with this This struggle win got the attention of his football team. We grab a call right now. You are live on the show on a Monday. What's happening? What's going on? State your name and where you calling from. Mm
7: -hmm. Hey, what up, Steven? I'm calling from Montgomery, Alabama. Kendall.
0: What's on your mind, my man?
7: What's going on, man? So, um, first of all, I want to send a shout out to my nephew, Curtis Perry. Uh, I see you talk about him regularly on your show, and I appreciate that. Um, my concern of the game, I'm not real about the offense because I think we'll be fine. But the defense, Florida quarterback can throw the ball five yards. But we're playing with two deep safeties. Why? I mean, I don't understand it. They can't throw. So why not just kind of stack the box a little bit and make him and make them beat you with the um, throwing game? We got ran over just from a basic option. Um, all P.O.s the whole game, second
0: half. I agree with that. I mean, uh, literally, Alabama had Emory Jones looking like Chris Leak and Tim Tebow out there. I mean, Emory Jones, good dude, good kid, but this is a significantly different, you know, lower arm talent than when we we're, were looking at Kyle Trask last year as a Heisman Trophy finalist. So, uh I don't know why you played two safeties back where you could have stacked the box and really – took that option game, that quarterback run, or the run game in particular, out the picture. But like I said, once again, this is the game Nick Saban's wanted because now he has the full attention of his football team. And when Nick Saban has the full attention of his team, look out the rest of college football because now Saban's Saban's got these boys right where he wants them at. But we're going to shift here to a quick topic, and this one goes to Will Anderson, Alabama sophomore outside linebacker, despite him coming back from a knee injury he suffered against Mercer. I mean, this young man has it. He's got the toughness. He's got the aggressiveness. He's got the mindset. He wants to be great. He was the SEC co-defensive player of the week, sharing those honors with Georgia's Nolan Smith. But Anderson in the game: seven tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, four quarterback pressures against Florida. He really at this game he did not want to come off the field anderson's a leader it's just who is going to step up and help that young brother on the field we go to this call right here you are live on the show on a monday what's going on state your name and where you're calling from
1: this is george from batavia illinois how you doing Stephen m doing great george doing great how how you feeling man good was a little bummed out with the game though um couldn't believe they weren't playing Trey Sanders at all. Um, we gave up on the run. And uh, one thing really hasn't been discussed a so lot, I'm not seeing a lot from the defensive, from the D-line. I really have not seen much from them. Um, also, the, the penalties in the secondary, that concerns me. And Pete Golding su- sucks. Sorry for my language, but he does. You know, they, they need to get him out of there. He's going he's gonna to do a lot of damage before the season's over, I believe.
0: The penalties definitely need to be cleaned up, George, and that's that's on Josh Job. Josh Job, veteran, Josh Job, leader as a cornerback. You're trying to be a first-round pick. You cannot have those pass interference calls. You just cannot have them. You have got to trust the technique that Coach Saban has been teaching you since you got here as a freshman in 2018. So that's on Job. Uh, defense, absolutely. Something has to give. Appreciate that call there, George, out of uh, Illinois. There, we take our next call here. You are live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
11: My name's John Frankford, Kentucky. I was born in uh Kentucky but raised in Alabama. I'm a true side fan. You know, people pushing the panic button pretty quick here, a win in the SEC on the road in a hostile environment like Gainesville is not an easy thing to do. And I think Georgia's gonna find out they got their handful of this team because that's the for-real football team we just beat. And we did beat them. And regardless of what it looked like, it wasn't pre, we are still Alabama, and we'll fix this stuff. And, you know, we just don't need to be – we don't need to be pushing the panic button. It's just third game in. And once, somebody said yesterday in the NFL, he said, home field advantage is a big deal this year because we're not used to playing with all this crowd noise. These players, a lot of them are freshmen. They haven't been in a crowd like that. Ever in their life, those guys were vibrating those stands in that place, and it affected everybody. So when they come to Tuscaloosa, we're gonna give Ole Miss some of their own medicines with what you know how that works. Because we are going to be Alabama, we're not gonna change from being Alabama, and we'll get things straightened out. I wouldn't push the panic button just yet, but the running game has to be there because when you don't make that safety commit. Then you got an extra guy, and you're doubling our wideout. But Devontae Smith and Najee Harris were real men, and we miss them. I want to shout out to them two guys because they made it happen. We need to figure out that, but that's something that those guys get paid a lot of money to do, and we'll be all right. Roll Tide. Thank you for having
0: me on. Appreciate John from Kentucky for that call, and, and, and I agree with that. Crowd noise makes a big difference. I had a few Florida fans heckling me down there in Gainesville saying, we're going to make this game real uncomfortable for you, and they made the game uncomfortable for even me down there. But we take this call right here. You are live on the show. What's going on? What, how you feeling? State your name and where you're calling from.
9: Yes, my
6: name is Robert Hudson. I'm calling from Chicago. I have two issues. On a defensive situation, DeMarco Helams was horrible. He missed critical tackles, particularly in third and long. I think he needs to
9: be replaced. On offense, they're not getting separation with the receivers. They need to put JoJo Earl in at the slot. Uh, Give me your thoughts. Thanks.
0: DeMarco Helams, this is what happens when you miss the first two games of the season. He missed Miami. He missed Mercer. Good player, but he missed the first two games of the season. So He'll get that worked out if does not, then you you got a Brian Branch. You got a Malachi Moore who can both play in that free safety spot. As for the receivers, I agree. You got to create separation and bump and run and man-to-man. You got to get open to give Bryce Young some room to get that football in there. Absolutely agree with those statements right there. appreciate Bill from New York here with that $5 donation helping us out on the show, my man. Big Bill. Bill from New York. Appreciate everybody calling in. We still have more calls right here. We grab this one. You're live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you're calling from. This is Cedric Dalebridge. How you feeling,
2: calling man? from Detroit, I'm
0: My feeling from- pretty
2: good. I'm calling Detroit, Michigan.
0: What's on your mind? You hear me? I hear you.
2: Where well, uh- I I don't understand why everybody giving Alabama a hard time about our game when uh, we know that we lost. I'm feeling pretty good.
0: You feel pretty good, man?
2: Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out why all the Alabama fans is giving them a hard time with the Florida game
1: when they lost
2: six first round picks on offense and they came to a hostile situation with a young freshman quarterback, and they won a tough game. And they won a tough game in Gainesville.
0: The reason why – go ahead. The reason why why they're doing that is I remember a statement Nick Saban made, Coach Saban made when he first got to Alabama in 2007. And one of the first statements that came from his mouth was, we're going to give you a product – you can be proud of. One thing about Alabama fans, they have held Saban to that statement the last 15 years. We're going to give you a product you can be proud of. And for the most part, Saban has proved accurately on that statement. It's just on on last weekend, you know, Bama fans let, let you know they were not proud of the product on the field and they want to see the product on the field improve and be better because the idea is when you win and when you have success, it breeds expectations, it breeds bragging rights, it gives people something to look forward to, it gives gives people something to be excited for because for, for a lot of fans, the one thing they take pride in is their Alabama football program. And if their Alabama football program isn't up to snuff all across the board in a particular game, The fans are going to let you know what is going on. And you got to appreciate them for that. It just shows how much they are tuned in with their football team. But we go to a break right now, folks, on the show. Appreciate the calls in that segment. Upon our return, we will dive into the defense, into Pete Golding, and, and into the number of different things that culminated in how the game against Florida went the way it did on defense. We'll get to it after this. As we are back in from the break of a number one form for Bama football news, in my own words, your surely Stephen M. Smith, touchdown Alabama magazine. Now the part you've all been waiting for, looking at this defense and one Pete Golden. This is the coach that we all would like to isolate on a deserted island and go, it's your fault, it's your fault, you're the reason the defense is struggling, you're the reason the defense is bad, you're the reason the defense is cursed, you're the reason why – Bama is not elite as it needs to be on the defensive side of the ball. And while I do agree, there are some things that deal with coaching, right? Getting the players in the right spots on the field, having them line up, that's coaching. A little bit of the inside linebacker as well, but that's also coaching. Putting the players in spots to be successful, yes, that is Coaching. Uh, going through the scheme in practice. That's coaching. Having the appropriate way to tackle. That's coaching. There are a lot of things that deal with coaching. So, yes, Pete Golding plays a role. He plays a significant role in why this defense continues to struggle. Now, of course, Pete Golden also got a quarter of a million dollar raise in the offseason. So I don't see the man being fired anytime soon just because Saban and and the Board of Trustees gave him the big raise. But we'll see what happens there. But I think... As much as we want to isolate Pete Gold and have the, ma- have the magnifying glass on him, there is a culmination of reasons as to why the defense looked the way it looked against Florida. And first and foremost, I got go to the, I gotta go to the players on this one. When Nick Saban in press conferences says, we have lack of focus, we have lack of intensity, we have lack of energy, we have lack of discipline, when he says lack of those things uh, – Coach, you, you can't coach that. You either have that or you don't. You can't coach effort. You can't coach intensity. You can't coach energy. You can't coach discipline. You either have those in your veins, in your blood, as a as, as an individual, or you do not have that. You cannot coach having that dog mentality in you where you gonna make a play every single time you on the field. You either have that Oh, you don't have that. I mean, I grew up in the uh, Dennis, in the and uh, the Mike Dubose, Dennis Franchione, Mike Shula, that era, and those coaches didn't have a quarter inch of the talent. But Alabama has now with Coach Saban. But those players, those coaches had, you didn't have to tell them about the energy. They were up from the word go. They were ready for the word go. They were pumped up from the word go. They were energized from the word go. Why? Because they felt like nobody was going to outwork us, was going to outplay us, was going to out-tough us, was going to out us. They had that mindset. Those players in that time, They had that mindset from within them. You didn't have to coach it out of them. They had it in themselves. So you can't coach that. Those players, you have to have that in you already. And when I look at this defense, especially the defensive front, I have to ask myself, who are those players? Who has that dog? Who wants ball on this team more than their next breath? Who wants ball more than that drink of water? Who wants ball more than that fried chicken in the back of the refrigerator or on the stove? Who wants ball like they life depended on it? Who wants ball that bad? Who is that hungry? Who is that starving? I remember a few years back, Coach Saban used to have this statement. He hasn't said it in quite some time. But I remember a few years back, Coach Saban used to say, you know, it means something to him. The game means something to them. Putting on that Alabama helmet and that uniform mean it means something to them. Getting out there on that field, it, it, it's a tangible energy. It's a connection. It's a vibe. And you feel it. It means something to those players. Who on this defense, it means something to to have Alabama playing at that standard. Who on this team, it means something to, to have Alabama playing with the utmost excellence. Because right now, the only guy I see that it means something to him is Will Anderson. He was out there with banged-up knee. In the backfield every single time, giving it all he had. If you were going to ask Will to come off, you would have to pull him off the field kicking and screaming. That's just how bad Will wanted to be on that field. Now, there are some guys that are going to get better. Drew Sanders had a pretty good game. He'll get better young he'll get better but for guys like phil mathis for guys like tim smith for guys like dj dale for guys like justin Boydby, for guys like christian harris for guys like henry toto how much does it mean to you how much does it mean to you to get this Bama team defensively playing to that standard. Where is the dog in you? Where is the fight? Where is the energy? Where is the intensity? Where is the want to? You got to want this, man. Meek Mill said there's levels to this stuff. You got to want ball. And if you don't want ball, then Coach Saban has to put guys in that want ball, whether that's a Jalen and Moody whether that's a, a Jamil Burrows, whether that's a Jamarian Latham, I don't care who it is. If they want ball more than what the guys on the field are showing, that they want ball, put them out there. Put them out there, and we will live with that consequence. Because right now my question is, who on this defense, if I cut your blood open and your blood splattered all over the ground, it spells I want ball. I don't know anybody on this team right now, aside from Will Anderson, if that – cut their blood open it would spill out. I want ball and that's that's more of a bigger issue than coaching. You've got to want ball but that's that's the second thing and then to me, I thought the third thing uh, you know in, in a com- in a culmination of this would be just the environment at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. you you, you got to give Florida a lot of credit like Dan Mullen treated this like the Super Bowl. He got that game sold out. There was no empty seat in that venue. It was standing room only, people sitting on top of people, cars parked on top of cars. It was like you had the biggest rapper at that stadium. Like you couldn't find a way to sit down. I could not hear for two hours. They were yelling, screaming. I declare, I felt the foundation shake a couple of times in that game. They they, they treated this like it was their Super Bowl. And Alabama needed this type of game where – Everything went wrong. Whatever could go wrong, did go wrong. They needed that type of game to wake these guys up, especially the young players on the team. Because the young players on Bama's team, they feel like we number one. You know, we Bama. You know, we repping this. Like, You know what I'm saying? Like, we comfortable. Like, anybody can check us. We Bama. Man, we got the number one ranking in the country, baby. Like, we big, bad Bama. You needed that game. To let you know, hey, uh, maybe you're not what you thought you was. Maybe you do need some improvement. Maybe there are some areas in your game that you need to work on. And this is what makes Coach Saban the mastermind that he is. He always finds a way to get that game where, see, there's your, that that's needs improvement. See? You got to straighten up here, see? You got to tighten up here, see? You you see what I've been trying to tell you? Now, if we play like this against Ole Miss, we're going to get dog walked. We play like this against Ole Miss, we're going to get our butts handed to us inside Brian Denny. This is what I've been trying to tell y'all jokers this whole time. And it's better for this to happen at the beginning of the year than at the end of the year. Just saying. So, now, Coach Saban has the full utmost attention of his football team. So as much as we want to put this completely on Pete Golden, he has a role. He plays a part in this. He is not excused. But at the same time, players. Who got the dog? Players. Who will it? Players. Who will it? And then you got to give Florida that credit for providing that friction, providing that challenge in week three of the season. We go to a break here, folks, on the show. Don't touch that dial when we get back. We return the phone calls to get your thoughts, Bama Nation, right after this.
1: Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace.
0: Back in here from the break of a number one form for Bama Football News. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Monday. Getting that work week started off for you correctly. We go to the phone lines now to take your calls. Call statement brought to you by the Blue Ridge Gang, 205 448 1358. The number to dial to let your voice be heard on the show, 205 448 1358. One more time, 205 448 1358. We grab a call here. You are live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
10: Uh, I was from Mobile. This is uh, J Clips, J Video Clips. Um,
11: how you
0: feel? How, how you feeling, man? I
11: don't know. I'm kind of in the middle right now,
10: to be honest. I mean, it wasn't all bad, to be honest. It was, it was a little good, then it was a lot bad. So, but um. I just want to say um, nobody can really blame Bryce Young, though, because he really did his thing. Like, the, the pocket was collapsing fast, you know, and every play he made, he got hit almost. And it's that same left side. And there was delayed blitzes and all that. So I, you got to give credit to Bryce Young, though, to me. I mean, I feel like he did the best he could. Receivers dropped the ball and the touchdown, a lot of misassignments, And I just want to say this, too. What's going on with the DBs? What's going on with the cornerbacks and the
0: linebacker is not hitting. I don't understand it. Well, first, longer like they usually. We'll definitely, we'll definitely take your thought there on Bryce Young. Uh, Bryce Young went out there, through for three touchdowns. My my name, my main thing from Bryce is. When he sees an opening, when he sees a spot where he can run, don't be afraid to run. I, I don't know if they're telling him not to run. I don't know if this is the Tua effect, and they're not trying to have him hurt like Tua got hurt, though Tua's big issue was holding onto the ball too long and trying to throw it. but. If you see a lane, if the defense is giving you 15 yards, there's nothing wrong with taking it. That's all I want to see from Bryce Young is using that dual threat ability, using his legs. And definitely want to see the defense, corners, and safeties pick it up, absolutely. We grab this call right here. Before we grab this call, we got some super chats to get to. So we're going to go to those. We got Richard G with that $5 donation helping us out on the show. Appreciate the love from Richard G. Let's see who's behind Richard G here. Behind Richard G, we got Richard G again. Again, with a $20 donation, so $25 coming from the man, Richard G. But now we take this call here. You're live on the show on a Monday. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you calling from. I'm
3: feeling amazing. My name is Brother Dayo calling from Austin, Texas. How you doing,
0: Steven? Doing great, man. Cannot complain. How you feeling, man? How you feeling, my man? Look, I'm
3: feeling great. Uh, It's a good day to be an Alabama fan, and, you know, I'm not discouraged or anything. I just think that, hey, a lot of teams are are coming after the number one team in the nation. Uh, They're coming after the defending champ, the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, you know, we got a lot to to, to work on this year, and as fans, we should understand that, all right? Uh, But I do have a couple of points I wanted to make if I can. Go ahead. Uh, Dan Mullen made some critical adjustments at halftime to confuse our defense, right? So we really have to tip our hats off to Dan Mullen and what he did uh, at halftime, right? We, we can only prepare so much for what Florida was bringing to the table, right? But when he, when he noticed at halftime, he said, hey, let's go to the option read offense our defense looked confused. <laughs> they looked confused at that point. And when you confuse a defense like that, it takes away the motivation out of our players because like, they spent the whole week, the entire week, planning for a certain type of offense, planning for whatever it is that Florida was going to bring that they saw the last couple of weeks. And Dan Mullen threw a wrench in our game plan. And that, in my opinion, that, that, that's what brought the confusion on the defense and it and it demotivated our defense and you see the defense look confused they look unmotivated and it just they, they started tackling with one arm and you know running lazy plays it we just looked all out of whack right and you know yeah we can point out a couple of players who did this and who did that and, you know, that's what we got to do when we go to the FEM room this week. We got to look at FEM. We got to get the leaders on the defense to notice what's happening and step up and get motivated. Pete, I think Pete Golden is, is doing a great job, and I think he's going to point out these things, especially with the leaders on defense. And I think we're going we're to see a different team in the, in the future, uh, the, in the next couple games coming up later on this season.
0: Appreciate the call right there from Brother Dale out of Austin, Texas. Showed us some love here on the show. Good points right there from him. We continue with the calls. You are live on the show here on a Monday. How you feeling? What's going on? State your name and where you calling from.
11: Yeah,
9: hi, Steven. This is Tim from Phoenix, Arizona. And I've got a couple of comments and I want your thoughts on them. Uh, my concern is the linebackers and pass coverage. And it reminds me of two years ago when Christian Harris and Shane Lee were brand new out there and they were just getting burned all over the place in the beginning. And I saw that same thing where Florida was running its tight ends over the middle and we just couldn't cover. We just weren't covering uh, in pass coverage. And it concerns me greatly because Toto, I, I get it. He will, he will understand the defense more as we go along. But in my view, he really, really got exposed in this game. I know he's a smart player, but he was getting blocked. He was getting blocked out of the plays, and he was just way off base in his pass coverage. So I'd like your thoughts on that. It worries me.
0: Absolutely. And um, I was wondering at what point in the game could we see – Jalen Moody a bit more because Moody, especially in the spring game, did a fantastic job in pass coverage. To'o, To'o's got experience. Yes, he does. He's played against this type of offense twice in his two years at Tennessee. Uh, But like you mentioned, Tim, he looked like he was out of sorts when Florida called those pass plays to the tight end or to the running back in the middle of the field where that was wide open coverage bust all over the field you got to get that fixed up you got to get that straightened because that's what name kiffin is going to attack in the coming two weeks that's what he's going to try to see we appreciate tim there for that call we go to our next call right here you are live on the show what's going on how you feeling state your name and where you calling from
10: yeah this is william Brown up here in denison Iowa. how you doing today steven
0: William, doing good, man. Doing better now that you're here. Appreciate it.
10: <laughs> All righty, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've just been listening in a lot of times. But uh, um, I want to see what your take is on uh, uh, Freddie Roach, if if he would have done any better than Pete Golden. Uh, I just wanted your thoughts on that.
0: That's interesting. Co- Coach Roach is one of the fastest-growing defensive minds Uh, he does aspire to be a defensive coordinator I think he could do it we'll see but the one thing I want to see from Freddie Roach right now is where is the intensity on this defensive line That's what I want to see from Freddie Roach. Like, where is the intensity from Tim Smith right now? Where is the intensity from D.J. Dale consistently? Where is the intensity from uh, Justin Aboigby? Why are we not seeing more defensive linemen rotated in? Byron Young, I think, played one snap and hit a guy so hard I felt it. I was like, why is Byron Young not starting? Why is he not in the game more? There are so many defensive linemen that Alabama is not using uh, William, and I'm trying to understand why
10: understand that uh, uh i did like that uh hit that uh will anderson did on the quarterback. i seen him come around the corner that one time there and uh i, I agree I, I agree with you we need to be more aggressive on the defense and, and you know we used to just plow over guys you know and uh i want to see that again from our defense
0: absolutely well i absolutely appreciate william for that call there this, this is what nick saban wanted This is what Nick Saban wanted, getting the attention of the whole team. And I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure Saban is having these guys read press clippings, read a whole bunch of stuff saying, you see that? They're saying you're not good. They're saying you're trash now. They're saying you suck now. They're saying you don't have it now. What's your resolve now? What's your resolve now as a team? Saban's going to be using this as motivation to say, now I got your attention. Now I got your focus. Now you can hear exactly what I've been trying to tell you. Uh, we're going to go to a call right here. You are live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
12: This is Zill. calling from Atlanta, Georgia, man. You know I've been born and raised in Georgia, but I've always been a role fan. Shout-out to Stephen A. And, and the whole – Alabama Nation, man. Got to thank you, man, for your great content. I always got to start off with a great thank you, Mr. Stephen A. But I want to get into a little detail about DJ Dell. I feel like Nick Saban should have been dropped him last year. He was getting blown off the line last year. He's doing the same thing again this year. I feel like Bryce Young, he just needs to go and get up to game speed. You've seen a lot of touchdowns going. I've seen three touchdowns, two to Matri and one to Jameson. All three were behind the back. And I feel like Pete Golden, he's not great at calling the disguise blitz. He's, he wasn't making Emory Jones read no defense. It was just straight pitch and catch all game. So, I just had, I was just wondering about those three with Bryce Jones, he needed to get game speed. I've seen a lot of football going behind the players. And DJ Dale, that defensive line, still getting blown off the line since last year. And Pete gold and not call no good disguised
0: blitzes, like Emory Jones just playing pitch and catch. Appreciate, appreciate the, uh, the thoughts right there. I mean, uh, Bryce, the game speed will, will get better for Bryce. My, my thing for him is continuing to fine tune uh, uh, the accuracy that he has, but also when you have a chance to run, don't be afraid to do it. I can't stress this enough. There were, it was a whole bunch of green grass where we know Blake Sims would ran that. Jalen Hurts would have ran there. Tua would have probably ran there. Mac Jones would have ran there. Man, Jacob Coker with his 6'5, 240 pound frame would have trucked guys overrunning that. So when you have green grass, don't be afraid to to take it. In terms of DJ Dale, I mean, I agree. At some point, we got to see Tim Smith take over this. Tim Smith or somebody at that defensive tackle position that can get this thing done. And then uh, Pete Golding. It's some quarter of a million dollar raise, but some got to give. Nick Saban probably needs to take the headset and start calling the defense. But we go to a call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, man, this is
9: Ty, man, calling back in just real quick. Sorry to call back again. But uh, just want to make a quick point. Number one, Bryce Young, part of, part of the thing that we have to – part of the reason why we need to run the football is to keep Bryce Young Healthy, Bryce Young is—he's got all the skill sets that Tua does for the most part, a very similar skill set. But he's—he's he's smaller, and and we can't afford to lose him. And we need to rely on the running game to protect him. Uh, the second thing I want to ask you to give your comments and your thoughts about your experience there in Gainesville. How the Florida fans treat you? Uh, I noticed their fans were booing their own players, their own team in the first quarter. You know, we don't do that at Bama. We don't do our own team and our own players. No matter how bad things are going, Florida fans were turning on their team mighty quick. But I just want to get your thoughts on that, and I'll hang up and roll
0: Tide. Appreciate those thoughts there from Tide, man. How did the Florida fans treat me? Mostly, that mostly that they they were good. They were welcoming. We, we had a few that tried to heckle with me a little bit, just a few. Just a few. I almost had to pull pocket knives to even back out. But I say, Stephen, calm down. Put the pocket knife back, man. Put the pocket knife back where I put the pocket knife back. We can't be sticking, folks, in Florida. I can't be sitting here in jail waiting on John Ivory to bond me out. But uh, it it was good for the most part. It was good for the most part. The people down there in Gainesville treated me with the the utmost class, the utmost respect. Appreciate that. We take a call right here. You are live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name. Where are you calling from?
13: This is Jonathan from Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Jonathan, what's happening, man?
13: Love the tide, but I uh, was a little disappointed. Um, I think the problem with Alabama is it's not as major as we're making it out to be. Look at the drop pass, look at the missed tackles, look at the misalignment. Uh, these are major problems. Also, we got to adjust our defense to what the competition is running. We, we stayed in the same defense basically for the whole game. And even when we are, teams are preparing for us, we're too predictable. So we've got to begin to uh, come up with some different looks, some different fronts, uh, so that we can uh, sort of confuse people because that's what they're doing to us. And then the other thing is, historically, the last three or four years, we haven't been able to cover running backs out of the backfield, tight ends uh, that's coming across the middle. Uh, uh, And what's happening is when we blitz, we're leaving the middle open. The teams know that. And so as soon as we blitz, they just send someone across the middle and it's wide open. Right,
0: right. I mean, all, All of those things you mentioned there, Jonathan, are things that Saban has seen, are things you, U.S. fans have seen, and this has got to be corrected. This has got to be fixed. In what lengths does it have to be fixed, but it's got to be corrected because when you come against bigger teams, better teams in the SEC than Florida, they're going to exploit that and use that to beat you. Appreciate that call there. We continue with this call here. You are live on the show on a Monday. What's going on? How you feeling? Stay. Your name and where you're calling from.
7: Hey, Stephen, this is Mike from Kentucky. How you doing, brother?
0: Mike is in here. What's going on?
10: I don't know, man. You tell me. I just like everybody took a nap after the first quarter or something. I've never seen such disarray in my whole life.
0: I mean, I think um, I think both of the coordinators took a flask took a flask of alcohol into the booth after the fourth, after the first quarter.
10: Now, my biggest question, is where's Trey Sanders? I, to tell you the truth, Steven, I think he's our more, most versatile, talented back. He's got power. He's got juke. He catches the ball out of the backfield.
0: I mean, how many times did we throw the wheel route? I didn't see one. I'm wondering uh- – I'm wondering where was Sanders, where was Roydell Williams? I mean, completely um, uh, withheld both of those players from getting on the field. That's a five-star and a four-star running back that did not see the field. So they were not injured. They were not hurt. Coach Sabre did not mention if they were hurt or something was wrong, a pregame or post-game. So that's one where why were they not used, especially in moments where Bama could have provided a curveball to Florida
10: yeah I feel the same way i mean, uh I mean, I learned one thing you there is such a thing as being too wide open when Slade dropped that pass, that would have put that game on ice, and we let him crawl
5: right back.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on the receivers, Mike, uh, in the final topic of the show, because I I do have some thoughts there on that drop touchdown pass, among other things. But appreciate Mike from Kentucky calling in, giving his thoughts on, on on the show here. We go to this call right here. You are live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you're calling from.
10: This is Roll Tide Rod from Ohio. Man, Rob, I'm gonna what's pay. happening, the man? Sky's falling. The sky's falling in. Yeah, you're right. Though uh, satan has got him right where he wants him now, so this is this is what we needed. Um, it's almost like we lost the game, but we still won the game. Everything's going to be okay. He's going to get it all sorted out. So, here's the thing: I was proud of Bryce in that offense. Every time Florida made a run, they answered the call. Every single time in that second half, we need a drive. They did it every single time. He, the, last, the last time when the clock got weird, or whatever that was all about, um, he still responded. The offense still responded. So I was pretty, uh, pretty impressed with the offense for responding. I don't think we're going to beat everybody by 40 like we did last year. You know, it just ain't that team. But uh, we just got to keep winning and let them work on their players, let them work on their intensity. Um, I do know what you mean about uh, bleeding the football. I don't see that happening, but uh, I think uh, I think they'll get it sorted out. Uh, the other thing is my only pet peeve is make sure everybody calls you Stephen M. and not Stephen a <laughs> i am I,
0: I I'm, te- I'm I'm telling you, roll top Rob, it's it's incredible the comparisons I get to him. I mean, the the one thing I would like is for uh, the one thing I would like is for one of his ESPN checks to hit my inbox one time. If i I vanished,
10: okay, buddy. We'll be calling you later in the week, or have a good week and roll tight.
0: Appreciate the call, there, my man. Roll tight, Rob, out of Ohio, right there. Before we before we transition to a quick topic, appreciate all of the phone calls. We got to shout out, Richard G, for that five dollar donation, helping us out there on the show. My man Richard G., um, as much as we enjoy college football and Alabama football, there were some Alabama players in the NFL that showed out in week two of the pro season. And I'm referring to guys like Jonathan Allen, Mr. Superman Sack himself, from the Washington football team. He got the party started. With his performance against the New York football Giants, Anderson had, I mean, Allen had like six tackles, uh, three sacks, you know, three quarterback hits, three tackles for loss. Really played well as Washington got the 30 29 win, if I'm not mistaken, over the Giants. And then. On Sunday, you're talking about Mac Jones winning for the Patriots. Damian Harris had a good game. Najee Harris had a good game for the Steelers. A touchdown reception. Henry, zoom, zoom rugs for the Raiders. Five catches, a buck 13, including a 61-yard touchdown that he caught on Minka Fitzpatrick. The Raiders beat the Steelers in that matchup, though. How about... I know guys like Patrick Sertan, the second, first career pick for the Broncos, picked off Trevor Lawrence. Kareem Jackson got a pick against. Uh, The Jaguars as well. Julio Jones, his first 100-yard game for the Titans. Six catches for a buck 28. Derek King Henry, almost 200 yards rushing for him, a buck 83. Had three touchdowns, including two in the fourth quarter. So, so many Bama guys making plays all over the field in week two. Of the NFL. We grab this call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How you feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
2: Yeah, this is me. from Mississippi, Steven.
0: I just want
11: you to do something for me. Well, see you talking to Nick and players all the time. You just ask Nick, who the hell aren't we playing any kids from the 2021 class? The best class sign, we're playing none of them.
2: But those offenses MS that we recruited, they could play this year. Is he
0: playing anyone? My question. Appreciate that thought right there. Uh, if, if, if I get a chance to talk to, to Coach Saban, I will definitely throw that question in there. Where are the rest of the guys from the 2021 class, the best class sign on paper? When you look at the offensive line that that class brought in, you look at the defensive players, the receivers, we still have people that want to see uh, Ajayi, uh, G.A. A. Hall out there, Corey Brooks out there, haven't seen them out there yet, so if I get a chance to talk to Saban, that will be something I will try to bring up to him, but we go to a break right now, folks. When we get back, we touch on the wide receivers and the drop passes, and uh, what does this group have to do to improve, especially creating separation and man-to-man coverage and trying to help out Bryce Young? We do that to tidy up Lucy and after this.
10: What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman. And you're listening to my guy, Stephen M.
2: Smith, in my own words. Brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine.
0: Roll, time, roll. As we're back into the break here, folks. Number one form for Alabama football news on a Monday. Getting that work week started off for you, rightly in my own words. Yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Guys, say th- thanks to you guys, the fans, the calls today, the conversation today, the dialogue today. Got me fired up, got me pumped up. The super chats today. Give yourselves a hand. You guys have been fantastic in making this your show here on a Monday, letting your voice your opinions, your thoughts be made known here on the show. But before we wrap up this thing here, we got to remind you of tdaware.com. That's tdaware.com. So for all of you fans still overjoyed with the Crimson Tides National Championship from the 2020 campaign, we want you guys to check out our championship collection merch. This means you grab you an 18 of them things, folk hoodie, t-shirt, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18 We Do shirts. Designs that feature all 18 championship years on the back. You head on over to tdaware.com. Do it right now, right now, tdaware.com, and get you that gear today. You go to that Championship Collections merch tab and get you that gear, showing that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, the student-athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But now, we get into the Alabama wide receivers. And I remember I said this prior to the season, John, that this group, silent, not special. Good, not elite. And we knew it was going to be difficult when you talk about replacing four aces, four trump cards, four number ones to the NFL when you discuss Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs III, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle. We knew it was going to be difficult. We knew that. You know, guys like John Mechie, you know, Slade Bolden, you know, Jamison Williams as the transfer, uh, Javon Baker, you know, Trayshon Holden, these guys, you know, good, talented, but not the marquee elite special guys. B to B plus group. You had an A plus group for, for a few years. Now you've dropped the B to B plus group. Now B to B plus group doesn't mean failing. That's still an honor roll student. That's still very workable. You can still win with that. So my thing here is, even though it's B2B+, plus, some things are still inexcusable. And uh, the first thing, dropped passes by the wide receivers. John Mechie. John Mechie is the leader of this group. He, is te- he has the mantle passed down from... Devontae Smith and other number one receivers as the top guy here and he had what four drops against Florida. He was targeted 10 times caught four balls. So of the six balls that were not caught a couple of those were miscommunications between he and Bryce Young. A few of those Bryce put them dead in Mechie's hand and they were dropped. Whether these were deep balls, whether these were short to intermediate routes, whether these were pass, whether these were post patterns, the ball was dropped by Mechie, and you can't have that as the number one guy, as the number one receiver, as somebody of whom Coach Saban said this could potentially be another first round guy. First round guys do not have several drops. That ball is in the air. That's my ball. And I'm doing everything possible to come down with this football. Not saying that John Metchie's not good enough. He is. Not saying he's not talented enough. He is. But when you are the number one receiver and you're coming in a lineage of Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, there is something that is expected. There is something that is required of you. You have got to make those catches when your quarterback is putting that ball dead in your hands and in your vicinity. So, John Mechie, gotta, gotta lead the way, man, and you gotta lead the way by catching the football. Next thing here, Slay Bowden. Slay Bowden. I like Slay, but uh, Slay dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. And if I had to describe how wide-open Bowden was on the play – Bowden was so wide open he could have drunk in a few beers. He could have watched a full Oprah. He could have grilled a George Foreman steak. Two of them, by the way. He could have played Connect Four. He could have did all the famous dances from TikTok. He could have took five sorority girls on a date and still had time to catch the ball. That is how wide open Slade was on the play and dropped the ball. One of the easiest touchdown catches. Slade would probably ever have in his career drop the ball and you can't have that you can't have that I know Saban loyal to his guys I know Saban trusts his guys I know Saban wants to see his guys that have been the program three and four and five plus years have success but there are some things you just have to have you have to have that touchdown. You have that touchdown. I think Bama goes up, what, 28-3 and possibly has an avalanche of a win over Florida, and Slade does not get that touchdown. But for all of the receivers, for all the guys, I think the biggest thing, being able to separate in man-to-man coverage, and that is what made Judy... Ruggs, Smith, and Waddle so good. They were able to separate in man-to-man coverage, whether it was setting up the defensive back with a move or being able to uh, you know, lose the defensive back at the top of the route or breaking off the route at the right time, working back to the quarterback. Those four guys just took the utmost pride in their route running and getting off man-to-man coverage, being able to beat defensive backs like it wasn't nothing these guys right here this group right here on screen got to get better creating separation from these dbs because These guys are going to watch the Florida game and go, well, if Kyar Elam can play John Mechie bump and run, and Mechie ain't creating no separation, then we can play bump and run and take Mechie out the frame. If this DB right here can play Jamison Williams bump and run, and Williams ain't doing nothing, then we can play bump and run and and take Williams off the frame, and so on and so forth. So Saban talked about today. Got to get better, got to improve, got to have that consistency, man to man coverage, creating that separation because it's easy to get open in zone. Guys are playing off the ball, so you can easily find yourself in a little crease, little crack, little hole in the zone, sit right there, make the catch, turn to your business. It's easy to get open in zone. But when you talk about mono, on mono and mono man-to-man coverage where the guy is following your every move you have got to be able to drop that guy lose that guy break off the route, use your, your weight burst in and out of the break work back to the quarterback and provide your guy a target hey bro open hit me with the ball right here you got to get off press coverage you gotta get off bump and run you gotta get off man-to-man so this group of receivers it has it has some special pieces within this group it's got some pieces within this group that can potentially be elite but right now bb plus solid but even with solid you you can find a way to work off press coverage to work off man to man coverage get open and catch the football and consistently catch the ball for your young quarterback so that, that's going to be something I want to see this week for Alabama in practice. That's something I want to see this week for Alabama against Southern Miss and moving forward, working off press coverage because the Golden Eagles will have a defense bringing it in here. That's a very good defense. So, Bama receivers, you know what you got to do this week, working off of that press coverage, getting open for one Bryce Young. But as always, Top Nation, You want the best in news, notes, information, entertainment on your favorite program, that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You can download the app from the iPhone App Store. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store. If you got the Android phone for your audio listening needs, we got you right here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm or iHeartRadio. The good and gracious Lord sees fit. I will return on Wednesday, continuing the conversation that is Bama football. As always, Tide fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be in the description. Also, if you're trying to get the fresh edition, print edition of TDA, the magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. That's touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member a subscriber today that link in the description as well also if you want to get that four finger bling neck and this four finger bling jewelry courtesy of our guys at weownthefourthquarter.com that's weownthefourthquarter.com that link in the description as well but until next time folks husbands love your wives wives appreciate value those husbands children continue doing the right thing fun thing smart thing good thing legitimate thing to not be bored you get you those three hearty meals a day those three great laughs a day you protect yourself you protect the loved ones around you until next time folks i'm your man stephen m smith you've been listening to in my own words